Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 188, the international break is over. Liga Betclick and second division is back. So we are looking forward to club football this weekend. But we really had a lot going on uh, since I last spoke. We, of course, uh, we saw Portugal win their two matches and pretty much now are one win away from qualifying for Euro 2024 next summer in uh, Germany. Uh, we saw uh, the under-21s also win their first two matches in their qualifying for Euro 2025. And they are off to a very good start with two very, very uh, big wins. Uh, I'll be previewing my Liga Bet Click Week 5. I'll also preview the uh, second division. Uh, have some things to say about women's football. What a great Super Cup match the other day between uh, Sporting and Benfica, which have become the two dominant teams right now in uh, women's football in Portugal. And they set another attendance uh, record. Uh, we'll talk also, going back to the national team, about Roberto Martinez. And is he very good or is this the subject of a good schedule? Uh, a lot of people questioning Cristiano Ronaldo and whether or not after the big result against Luxembourg, uh, what is his future since some people think that maybe we do better without him. I've got a few comments on that as well. Fernando Santos is no longer the manager of Poland. Um, took only six matches. And he is done as Poland sit near the bottom of their group in European qualifying. Still time to recoup uh, for Poland. Try to get into at least second place. But Fernando Santos is now out uh, of the job as Polish uh, national team manager. And then, of course, I'll have my big four report. And, of course, uh, talk about my favorite team in Portugal, Atletico Duz Arcos. But let me start off first talking about, of course, the international break. And, again, uh, big, big wins uh, for Portugal going to Slovakia on a Bruno Fernandes goal and winning. And then, of course, coming home and setting their all-time record for most goals in a match with nine against uh, Luxembourg. Uh, top of the group, one win away from qualifying. And, uh, you know, I, as much as like you, I've been following the Sailor Song for so many years. Um, we sometimes don't make it easy for us. But I have to say, you know, obviously the, the six wins in a row uh, is a record uh, for Portugal in terms of the major qualifying competitions. Uh, this is probably the best start that I've ever seen with them. And obviously I think Roberto Martinez is punching all the right buttons. But it also should be said that obviously we know that uh, the group um, is certainly not as difficult as it's been with Portugal the last few times they've had to qualify for major competitions. I thought Bosnia Herzegovina was going to be a lot tougher. They are, and they haven't. Iceland is not really the same team they were back at Euro 2016, and Slovakia has been okay. And Luxembourg, we've scored 15 goals against Luxembourg uh, in our two matches, uh, including the 9-0 uh, these past uh, few days, so Portugal has been uh, cruising. And But the good news is everybody feels good. I think people feel better about the national team compared to when Fernando Santos was manager. And is it too easy? Probably, but at the end of the day, considering the talent pool of Portugal, I think everybody has to admit that this is what we expected, and that is we expected to win big, score a lot of goals, 
And I think that's pretty much uh, what's happening here. So I think um, for Portugal, they're doing a very good job. And I think Roberto Martinez, to his credit, uh, again, you might say that he hasn't had it too difficult yet. He hasn't had a real big test. But so far, we haven't slipped up in the group, and he's been pressing all the right buttons. The curious thing for me with the national team is when you go to the uh, break, that'll be coming up. Uh, you know, we're in the break now, and then next month we'll have, uh, you know, pretty much the we still have four more group matches to go. But if they win the next group match, like I said, they qualify. The question is, is if they beat Slovakia, which I think they stand a good chance to do so. Uh, what do they do with those last three matches? Um, do they send players home, you know, Cristiano, all the players in EPL, and maybe play some younger players in these final three match days? Um, on the other hand, let's not forget that there is an unwritten rule that in a group play, even if you've qualified, you got to remember there is still another team that's trying to qualify and radically changing your squad list, especially if it turns out to be easier. Uh, for the opponents, uh, especially if you're playing a lot of inexperience, may not be fair to those clubs that still have to play you, whereas the other ones that played you, you know, already suffered the bad result against Portugal. So that's a bit of a thing that will be uh, discussed, but that's for Roberto Martinez uh, to worry about. So uh, I think the goal here is win that next match, wrap it up, perhaps let the younger players get a little bit more uh, attention on the national team, maybe do a little bit more experimenting, and then begin to go and, and move on and, um, you know, try to start thinking about next summer. The draw is in December. And then uh, we'll probably see some really matches that I think will test Roberto Martinez when I'm sure when we get to the spring and they play uh, some matches to kind of get ready for the Euro. And then obviously they'll probably get together for about three weeks in June before the Euro starts and they'll play more uh, preparation matches that they'll obviously are going to play probably one or two very good teams at a high level in addition to clubs that uh, or national teams that kind of fit uh, whoever else is in our group um, you know again once we take care of business and uh, qualify so I'm very happy because I know as a fan we've always had a bad loss in the group I remember when we lost to Switzerland after Euro 2016 I remember the very disappointing way we left, we drew with Serbia because of that goal they called off on Cristiano, and then we came home and lost to Serbia. So we've had some disappointments, and I think what's important here is that we have managed uh, to to basically win, and that's what it comes down to: twenty-four goals, none conceded, and I think we should just be happy. Um, and regardless of whether or not you think they're not, they should be playing better, you know, in terms of only beating Slovakia one nil or Iceland one nil. A win is a win, and people should appreciate that. Um, now, as far as Cristiano, I saw a lot of things, including on our uh, PortugueseSoccer.com Facebook. A few people made uh, some remarks about it looked like Portugal against Luxembourg looked better without Cristiano Ronaldo, and that's something that has been mentioned uh, quite a bit. Um, does Portugal play better uh, without Cristiano Ronaldo? Is it time to move on? And, um, you know, to me, I, I mean, again, we're playing Luxembourg. Look, I said a few episodes ago that Luxembourg is a lot better than they look and they obviously haven't been but they've got some players that play on some pretty nice clubs in Europe they are still competing to finish at second place or they're going to try to um, but obviously it, it, it turned out to be a lot easier but is a 9 nothing win indicative that we play better without Cristiano let's not forget when we beat them in the first time the first leg of this group qualification uh, group play, uh, we beat them 6-0. So, 
Um, you know, I talked a lot about how when Cristiano and Ruben Fernandez a few years ago were on the pitch together, it seemed like Ruben, um, Bruno Fernandez disappeared. And then he scores those two goals in the playoffs against Turkey, and, and all of a sudden I think Bruno has been like what we thought he would be, one of the top players, you know, playing for a big club like Manchester United, and he's doing what we all thought he was supposed to uh, do, and he finally did it. But is Cristiano perhaps dragging down the rest of the team? That remains to be seen. Um, you know, again, we're cruising, we're winning. He's been starting all these matches. Um, and I just think for me, if, you know, if you had to pick 20 players to play at the Europe, let's say you had the chance to select 23 players for the European Championship next summer. Are you really going to leave him out with his experience and his ability to perhaps help you? Um, now, the question is, is does Cristiano want to be on a team if he's not going to be in the starting 11 like we saw with the World Cup? That is a very, very legitimate um, concern. And I said that when Roberto Martinez was hired that I think he needs to get that figured out with Cristiano because if you decide, you know, to in the spring um, start not start him in one of these warm-up matches or next summer you make a decision that you're going to start Gonzalo Ramos and he's not going to play and he's going to instead be used coming off the bench because after all he'll be nine months older by the time we get to next summer. Is Cristiano going to accept that? Do we need do we need drama? No. We're having a lot of fun now. We're winning. We're top of the group. We don't want any dilemmas. We don't want any problems. So I think Roberto Martinez's biggest thing, and he said he wants Cristiano on the team, is when the time comes and things get difficult, do you really want Cristiano Ronaldo on the team? I think that's a very, very fair question uh, to ask, and I think Roberto Martinez needs to be prepared. But so far, look, let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the fact that we're doing well in the group. Let's enjoy the fact that uh, we're winning and we're having a lot of fun. And I think sometimes uh, we haven't had a lot of fun, especially under uh, Fernando Santos. And, and now transitioning to Fernando Santos, um, there are a lot of people in Portugal that are such fans, we saw that with Jorge Jesus, JJ, that when somebody doesn't get the results you want or you just don't like somebody anymore, you want them out. And to me, there's certain people that can still contribute, like we're seeing JJ do in Saudi Arabia. And look, he's making a ton of money. He's managing in with one of the more interesting leagues in the world based on what's going on in Saudi Arabia. So say what you want. He's in the middle of it. He's managing one of their big clubs. He's, he's in the middle of world attention. Um, but Fernando Santos was somebody that did win us two titles, but it was always, he always left us lacking, uh, wanting more. And we always felt like there was something missing. We don't have that now with Roberto Martinez so far, but I think we had that with Fernando Santos. And I still want to give Fernando Santos his respect uh, for what he did and the fact that he got us a European title, our first ever major competition, and that we won the Nations League, which, again, I think 10 years from now will probably be more popular than it is now, and it's nice to know that we won it, I know that we have won it. Um, but the thing about Fernando Santos is Fernando Santos... And I'll be quick, because I know you probably don't want me here to say a lot about him, but let me just say this. Fernando Santos was saved a lot by Cristiano Ronaldo. How many times did Cristiano Ronaldo score big goals? And sometimes it was just Cristiano and kept Fernando Santos winning. And the truth is, he doesn't have that. I mean, he obviously has you know, a great player, um, Lewandowski, but um, 
you know, he doesn't have the rest of that talent. And I think because he doesn't have the rest of that talent, he probably needs to learn how to manage with less talent. And I think he went to Poland. It didn't quite work out for him. And now, look, he's going to still get paid. He's still going to get good money. Don't worry about that. But it just failed miserably. For him to only last, I think it was five European qualifying matches. And then he was also there uh, for, I think, one preseason match, which I, I believe they lost. And what's interesting is the match they lost, the last one, was to Albania. When he came on a few years ago, uh, six, seven years ago, when he came on as manager, and remember, his first few matches, he was suspended because he had carried over a suspension uh, from Greece. I think either one of the European or World Cups, he he did something and he had a suspension. So when he started off with Portugal, he wasn't even on the sidelines. But um, he took over from, I think it was Paulo Bento or Queiroz, I can't remember. And the loss that got rid of the previous coach was, a th if I remember correctly, I think it was Queiroz, a 3-3 draw against Albania, if I, if I remember correctly. I hope I'm wrong about that. Correct me if I did. Uh, so anyway, that's the result for Fernando Santos. It didn't last very long. It probably makes people feel a lot better about their opinion about him. But that was the week of international football. We saw Portugal do what they had to do. We saw a Portuguese manager lose their job. And now, of course, we're back to club uh, football. And, um, you know, when we last left club football, we had the controversy with what happened with uh, Porto in Aroca. Uh, we saw a match, uh, Sporting Braga, 1-1. Great result for Braga that kind of was overshadowed by the controversy in the Dragon. Um, and, and if you listen to my previous episode, the first 20 minutes are dedicated to kind of me kind of venting about the problems in Portugal and, and talking about my experience for as long as I've had PortugueseSoccer.com, which is over 25 years of being a fan. And uh, if you get a chance, check it out because I talk about how nothing has really changed in Portugal. It's just that the degree of information is different in how we receive it in terms of social media. We we receive it faster and we hear more criticism and we hear more conspiracy theories and we hear we just are in a position to see more video than we've ever had. Uh, but if you get a chance, uh, check that out. But hopefully this weekend we get back to what I think is important, and that is the fact that we have a very interesting thing with Boa Vista in first place. We got Porto and Sporting only because of goal difference, also in first, sharing, but technically in second and third because of goal difference, also with 10 points. You got Benfica with the loss. They're in second with nine. You got Vitoria Guimarães, even though they've been eliminated from the European competition of the Europa Conference League and the Tas and the Tas of the Liga, uh, sitting there uh, right behind Benfica, even though Benfica beat them pretty bad last week. So we got some exciting things that are happening with the Liga, and I, I hope moving forward that we can get back to people talking about the club football, people talking about the things in club football that matter, such as, you know, a win by this team, my club has to win today, and all that other stuff. And everything gets going the day I drop this episode. And, of course, remember, we've got European football next week. Uh, you've got Porto on Friday as a result of them playing on Tuesday. They're playing Estrela Amadora. They'll be making that trip to the Lisbon region. Uh, so Porto starts away. Um, interesting note about the Ojogu, that every time Song has come back from a suspension, it's always been a positive result for Porto. Um, then on Saturday, we have three matches. Riwa, Familiacong, Feirense against Braga, and Vizela will be at home to Benfica. So that's a pretty uh, good match. Uh, to me, the two matches that I thought in this uh, window 
um, or Boavista Shavs, which is on Monday, and Vizela Benfica. Those are, in my opinion, the two highlight matches. Um, Sunday, you had Gil Vicente, Astril Praia. You got Arroca at home against um, Casapia. Uh, you got Vitoria Guimarães at home against Portimonense. And you've got Sporting at home against Moreirense. So Moreirense, after that tough loss last week against Braga, are back in it, this time traveling to Alvalade and then Boavista, first place Boavista. Uh, Petit was named the manager of the month for August, doing a great job. After all his stops in football, I think it's something like eight or nine of them, he's doing a great job. So um, a big, uh, big result here. Uh, coming up on Monday, Cam Boavista keeping it at home against Shavs, which, by the way, Shavs, last place with zero points, Jose Gomes is in trouble. He survived the international break, which generally doesn't happen in Portugal. Managers are usually, that's the time when teams make changes. But we, didn't, we did not see uh, those things happen. Uh, we did not see those uh, changes. But again, in my opinion, I, I think the two best matches this weekend are Boa Vista Chaves and, of course, Vizela Benfica. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we'll see Porto's going to Estrela Amador. They're having a pretty decent year as well, uh, but not a great year. And um, so, you know, th there's no incredible matches this weekend. I think you've got a bunch of teams from the top playing the teams at the uh, very bottom. Um, I think, you know, you know, you look at like Braga. I mean, Braga is going to be playing Ferenc, which is near the bottom. And by the way, a word for Braga. I mean, big win last week, um, de defeating Moreirense. Uh, Al Mizrati with the winner, 90 96th minute. Um, and uh, again, a lot of few people don't like it when I say big four, but I think last week they acted like a big four coming back to win after being down twice. And I think most importantly, you know, now they're getting ready to play the uh, Champions League next uh, week, uh, not just Braga, but Porto and... Uh, of course, uh, Benfica, and then, of course, Sporting will get ready on Thursday to play the Europa Conference League. Um, you know, Braga did what they had to do, and they had to win. But this weekend overall, I, I just don't see this as being anything, um, in my opinion. Um, I, I think these are okay matches. There's nothing that really sticks out this weekend. I just think they're all okay matches. The second division, uh, I think for me, you've got, uh, you've got several good matches this weekend. First off... Uh, Santa Clara, in case you wondered, in first place tie with AVS, which is managed by George Costa, who continues to do a good job in the second division. Oliverens suffered their loss last week, and uh, they are in uh, third place with uh, nine points. Uh, but for me, when I talk about uh, the team that I was picking uh, this weekend, I picked FC Porto B, Maritimo B. Uh, FC Porto B is in uh, ninth place. Uh, Maritimo is in fourth place. And I think in terms of teams that are near the table and have been playing the best football, those are my opinion. Uh, that is, in my opinion, the uh, best match this weekend. Everything gets going on Friday with Passos de Ferreira against Les Choins, uh, two teams from up north playing each other. And then on Saturday, it's a very busy day on Saturday. You've got two matches at 1,100 hours in Portugal. AVS versus Vila Verdense, one of my favorite teams in the second division. And then the FC Porto B match against Meritimo at 1,100. Then you've got Nacional taking on, uh, in the Madeira, taking on Ferenc from Santa de Maria de Feira. Then you've got Santa Clara, first place, trying to do everything they can to get back to the first division. They're at home at 1530 against Penafial. And then you've got Tundela, uh, 1,800 hours at home against uh, Mafra. And then on Sunday, uh, no football this week in the second division. On Monday, you've got the last three matches on Sunday. Olivenense against Academico do Viseu. Bilinense struggling a little bit. They did manage to pick up 
their uh, first win uh, last week. Um, but overall, uh, it's been a rough time for them, and they'll be playing the other team that was promoted from the third division last year, and that is Leiria. And then it ends on uh, Sunday night with Benfica B at home in the Seychelles against my favorite club in the second division. That's Turiens. Turiens doing a very nice, uh, doing a nice job in fifth place. You know, again, they started off last season, I think, with like four losses, managed to come all the way back, finish in the top eight, and now this year they're right back at it. Uh, competing in a uh, fifth-place tie with uh, Mafra. And again, if you've ever been to a match in Turiens, um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a very old stadium. They got the cafe there in front. There's always an ambulance park there. I'm not sure if there's an ambulance thing right there. And they got the little rotunda. Um, it used to be across the street from the old bus station before they moved the bus, the bus station to the outside part of town, which I'm not a fan of. But uh, it's just a, such a cute little stadium. And... Sometimes people get think only about the big clubs and not the small clubs, but going to see a match at a small club like Turiens and getting a bifana and a, and a beer and uh, just sitting around enjoying Portuguese football, that is one of the great places uh, to do it. And uh, it's within walking distance of cafes. You don't need to walk very far to park your car. I love that place. I, I really do. So that is uh, the matches. So again... Santa Clara AVS are uh, basically in the lead this weekend. Santa Clara playing Penafial, AVS playing Vila Verdance. And again, that's your second division uh, report uh, for this weekend. And that wraps up part one of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. <laughs>
this happens has to start uh, with a good result at home against Napoli. And then, of course, you also have Benfica. So basically, Porto will be playing by themselves on Champions League day, and then Benfica and Braga will be playing on the same day, the way Champions League rotates. Benfica will be at home against Red Bull Salzburg. Um, that's always a, a very good team to play against. Um, but again, you just don't take anybody uh, lightly. They're from Austria. A lot of people aren't going to take Austrian teams very seriously, but I think if you're Benfica, you know Roger Schmidt will. He's from Germany. He definitely knows the Austrian league. So I think that's an advantage for Benfica, the fact that uh, you've got a manager that can really speak to um that could really speak to knowing about the team that they're going to uh, be playing. And I think that's a, a very big advantage. And then, of course, uh, coming up on Thursday, uh, Sporting, uh, they will also be going. Uh, Sporting will also be going to uh, to Austria. And Sporting will be playing one of the other teams in the Austrian Liga. That's Sturm Graz. And that's going to be at uh, 20 hours on uh, Thursday night. So uh, four teams left in European competition. Uh, opportunities here again you want us to win you want us to help our coefficient to somehow see if we can make our way back to fifth or sixth place which again is a long shot but I think at the end of the day it's it's a lot of fun to have uh, uh, Portuguese uh, clubs in Europe and what I think is also great is I think we're getting back to between Europe between domestic competition 100% across the board we're sort of getting back to 100% of a normal schedule. We don't have to worry about a World Cup in December. Uh, we don't have, we're not playing later into the fall because of COVID like we've did in the past. Uh, things are gonna start when they start. Things are gonna end when they start uh, end. And I think that's a, a pretty good thing here with, uh, with, uh, with the European competition uh, coming up. So uh, looking forward to that uh, next uh, week. Moving on here, uh, let's talk about the uh, Big Four. And yes, I am going to call it uh, the Big Four uh, because I think Braga right now is uh, playing like a big club after their big win last week, and they're playing in the Champions League, so I'm going to give them their respect. But let's start off first with Benfica. Benfica, of course, has always been very slow with Roger Schmidt on the international break, their first match uh, back. Um, they have not had some very good results. And uh, this year, Roger Smith continued to give the players vacation because, after all, last year they still did win it, although they only won the Liga. They didn't win anything else. Uh, but Roger Schmidt, I think, uh, this year paying some extra attention to detail. He even wanted all the international players back in training by uh, Thursday. But Benfica, of course, is uh, getting ready uh, to play this uh, weekend. And, um, you know, to me, I think... Uh, Benfica is obviously the, one of the better teams in the league. They have uh, some of the uh, best talent. But it's not going to be an easy match to go to Vizela. And I think if you're playing a team that you don't want to be playing right after the break, based on your history with Schmidt, is definitely uh, Roger Schmidt. And uh, look, if you're Benfica, it's over. Um, it's over in terms of not worrying about the transfer window. And I think for that reason, a lot of people should be happy. FC Porto. Uh, Sergio Conceição is uh, back this week uh, after something like 27 days of being silent with obviously the suspensions and all the issues. Um, he was asked about the mayor's criticism and he went back at him hard talking about his success as the Porto manager. But Porto, uh, they begin a stretch like all the other clubs do, playing two matches a week. Uh, Strula Madura is not going to be easy. And I think if you're, uh, if you're basically a Porto um your goal is to get the uh, three points. And you've got these good young players like uh, Varela. And what you want to do right now is put the past behind you 
and just start concentrating on what's in front of you. And I think that's what's going to be very important uh, for Porto. And again, Concisong is back on the sidelines. And again, let's just hope that that's all that it is this weekend. Football and no controversy at all. Sporting, we saw Pote this week. Of course, Sporting is uh, getting ready to play Mori Dance. And then afterwards, um, they're going to be um, basically getting ready uh, to play in the Europa League next Thursday. Pote came out. Um, and if you're a Sporting fan, you have to be very happy about this. He basically came out and said... He wants to win the scoring title again like he did a few years ago. And I think if you're sporting, you've got to be happening. Fresneda uh, will apparently be getting the start this weekend if reports are to be believed. And again, if you're sporting, you're off to a very good start. Bolinho, disappointment he didn't make the national team. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are happy that he has managed uh, to um, basically uh, score what he has done. And right now, the best he can do is continue to play because I'll tell you what, if Portugal beats Slovakia and there's three matches that Portugal doesn't, you know, has to play, but the result doesn't matter, that could be an opportunity for Paulinho. So he would help out his claws if he continues to score and to be doing like what he does. And of course, Braga, again, a big win against Moreirense, getting ready for the Champions League. They need to take care of business. Arthur George has pressed all the right buttons so far. Bruma, PZ, Ricardo Huerta scoring the goal during the international break. Uh, Braga fans are very excited. There's a lot of excitement up in Minu uh, for what a lot of people hope will be a very big year for Braga since they finished second uh, many, many years ago. Women's football, a uh, big week this week. Benfica winning the third ever Super Cup, defeating Sporting and penalty kicks 3 0. Uh, not a lot going on there in uh, penalty kicks. Uh, women's football also does begin this weekend. So, of course, we're going to be uh, looking uh, forward uh, to that. And, um, the, you know, it, it's, I think the women's game, because they set a record for attendance, I think over 10,000 with the Super Cup. Uh, again, everything about the women just keeps getting better and better and better. And I just think that is uh, fantastic uh, news. Um, let me just uh, finish here. And I apologize this week. Uh, no listener comments, because unfortunately, um, I've got some things that I've got to do. I've got to run out. And, uh, but I do want to acknowledge... Uh, logic from YouTube, um, some of the best comments that I read, Toffee, want uh, to comment, uh, the people on uh, Facebook, a lot of people want to see a change, they think we need to make a change with Cristiano Ronaldo, um, and again, those are some of the comments that I received, and um, uh, another comment that I received on uh, YouTube was, uh, I think it was about the international, uh, it was actually during the international break, uh, the gentleman on YouTube who was uh, talking about the fact that Braga was playing a match during the international break. And the reason why they did that was because of the Champions League uh, qualifier, uh, the playoff. And uh, Portuguese clubs don't do that. No, they don't. But I think you're going to start to see that because I think moving forward, uh, especially when you get into the spring, which is the next opportunity, uh, you're going to start to see clubs uh, try to do everything they can to totally focus on Europe and to push the Liga campaign to another day that would be suitable. And sometimes that happens to be uh, during the international break. It's not great. You sometimes do miss players, such as Braga did. But you know what? In Braga's case, they still won, and I think that's good. Uh, let me end it right here. Atletico Duj Arcuj, um, they already started their season with uh, one win and a draw, so I'm not happy about that. But they are at home uh, this weekend against Castellans. Uh, next weekend, the Taça de Portugal second round takes place. They got a bye in the first round, and they'll be playing uh, that 
on uh, on uh, next uh, next Sunday. Uh, but this weekend will be match day three of the Districts League in the Viana do uh, Castello. So anyway, folks, that's all I have for this week. Sorry for rushing it along. Again, League of Football back. European football is back. Enjoy it if you have the opportunity to do so. It's not easy for us in North America with the matches taking place during the middle of the uh, workday. Uh, women's football starts this week. Let's feel good about the national team and stop complaining. And uh, let's just be happy and let's just hope this weekend we have a chaos-free weekend and that the most important thing is the scores, the golasus, uh, the pretty goals, and the ability to continue. You know, Cambo Avista surprise everybody and continue to stay at the top while they're playing the worst team in the Liga so they could still keep at the top if they play best at home against Shavs, which is winless in uh, four matches. Anyway, folks, that's going to wrap up episode 188 of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your families. And I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, everybody.